0: Welcome to Abergavenny Baptist Church. Life, faith, together. Today we're going to be looking at Luke chapter 2 and verses 1 to 21, which uh, talks about the birth of Jesus. Uh, But before we do that, we need to understand something of of the background and, and the setting. Luke tells us in verse 1 that Caesar Augustus was ruling way off in Rome. Now, that's significant. He he wants us to read the story uh, about the birth of Jesus in the light of the fact that Caesar Augustus was ruling over the known world at the time. Now, Caesar Augustus was the adopted son of Julius Caesar. Uh, When Julius Caesar was assassinated, Augustus, with the help of Mark Antony, defeated all the conspirators but then Mark Antony and Augustus started fighting each other and this led to a bloody civil war. Uh, Mark Antony sought the help of Cleopatra, the, the queen of Egypt but Augustus managed to defeat them and you remember how they committed suicide. After that, Augustus turned the Roman Republic into an empire simply crushing all opposition. Then after all this time of wars and battles, there was a great period of peace known as Pax Romana, Roman peace. And it was at this time that uh, Augustus declared that his adopted father, Julius Caesar, who was now dead, was in fact now a god, which very conveniently made Augustus Divi Filius the Son of God. And throughout the empire, the good news was proclaimed that Divi Filius Augustus was the saviour of the world who had brought Prax Romana, Roman peace, And there was a great period of peace, but this peace was at the result of the Roman Roman army that simply crushed all opposition. I mean, no one dared to put a foot out of line. So on one level, there was peace. But on on another level, the people within the empire were being oppressed and exploited. You see, the empire served Rome and Rome's interests only. And the people were heavily taxed because they needed to fund the Roman Empire. They needed to refund uh, the, the Roman army. And so they would often have these censuses to, to count how many people there were for taxation purposes. And so the people were crying out to be set free from Roman oppression. And they were crying out for peace. True peace. Real peace. Not Prax Romana. And it's within this context that far out on the eastern frontier of the empire, the Jews were turning to ancient prophecies that spoke about how God would step into human history through his Messiah and would set all things right and he would bring peace, real peace. And so they turned to prophecies like Micah chapter 5 and verses 2 to 3 which which says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel. Therefore, Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son. And so within this prophecy, Micah prophesied that a ruler, that the true king called the Messiah, would be born in this very insignificant town of Bethlehem, the very town where David, the great king, was born. And in verse 4, it says, He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord. Now, the the image of a shepherd was often used as a symbol for the king, or even for God himself, looking after his people. And then in verse 5, it says, And he will be our peace. He will bring peace, true peace, not just uh, outward peace, the absence of conflict, but true inner peace. And this is where we pick pick up our Bible reading in Luke chapter 2 and verses 1 to 21.
1: In those days, Caesar Augustus, issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn. glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Oh, what
0: a night. I, I, I still can't believe it. I can't believe that we were chosen. I, I can't believe that I was chosen. That, that I got to see the Messiah, the the, the newborn King. You see, <laughs> as shepherds, we we normally are never included in anything. We we kind of well, you see, we got this bad reputation. I kind of like to think that people just don't really understand us because on account of the very unsociable hours we work and, and the fact that we. Sleep rough out in the fields with our sheep. Okay, to be fair, we do kind of smell of sheep. And as for these religious guys, well, they don't like us because we don't obey to all their religious rules, their, their, their purity laws, their ceremonial laws. We, we don't keep kosher. But, but how are you supposed to keep kosher when you're sleeping rough in a field with sheep? And how are you supposed to get to the synagogue all the time for all the prayer meetings when you need to look after your sheep in the fields? And yeah, people kind of think of us as thugs. Well, we, we are a tough bunch. I mean, no one's going to mess with us. But I kind of like to think of ourselves as sheep security. We certainly will chase away any wannabe sheep thief. What? Sorry? Yes, well, yeah, okay, we've also got a reputation of being thieves ourselves, and it is true that from time to time we do get a little confused between other people's property with our property. Look, mistakes happen. Okay, before you start getting holier-than-thou with me, times are tough these days. We've got wives and kids to feed. It's hard enough enough trying to make ends meet as things are without having to pay all these taxes to roam. And now they've just called for a census. You know what that means. More taxes. Where are we supposed to get the money from? It was just earlier this this evening, when I was out in the field with the sheep in the middle of the night, in utter darkness, that I said, I can't believe they've called for a census. Old Josiah said, oh yes, Old Bethlehem is packed to the brim, full of people. I said, I can't believe they want more taxes. It makes me mad. It makes me want to take my sword and give it to those Romans. They can take their Pax Romana and shove it. Old Josiah said, calm down, relax. You got an anger management problem. If you do that, you're going to get yourself killed. You can't take on the Roman army. Well, what am I supposed to do then? Just sit here and starve to death? No, 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 said old Josiah. Messiah will come. Born in this very town of Bethlehem. Born of a virgin. He will come and he will sort things out. He will bring peace. So says the prophet Micah. I said. That prophecy is over 400 years old. No, no, no. God will help those who help themselves. Old Josiah just shook his head and said, The Bible doesn't say that. And if you go ahead and do that, you're going to get yourself killed. You can't take on the Roman army. And if you don't get yourself killed... Well, then one day you're going to have to stand before God and give account of all your rebellion and give account of all your stealing and give account of all your... I kid you not. In the middle of his sentence, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there was this blinding light and this this terrifying looking guy who who was glowing. He was like a a messenger of God, a heavenly messenger. And he, he was terrified. I was, I was literally shaking. I'd never been so scared in all my life. He said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. I can't tell you how relieved I was to hear that he was bringing good news because when I saw him, I thought, this is bad news for us. Why was he bringing us good news? I mean, nobody brings us good news. Uh, And he said that this was for all people? Well, I guess if it includes a bunch of smelly thugs, then it must include everyone. And he continued, he said, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. I can remember at the time wondering, could this be true? Could the Messiah, the the true king, be born today in the town of David? And would he be the savior of the world? Would he be the Lord? God stepping into human history as a human, as a baby? He then said, this will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths. And lying in a manger. Lying in a manger? In an animal's feeding trough? Why would he be lying in an animal's feeding trough? I mean, that's odd, isn't it? The Messiah, the the newborn king, the savior of the world, God himself, in an animal's feeding trough? Well, the next second I was totally blown away. There wasn't just one terrifying heavenly messenger, but there were thousands upon thousands of these terrifying heavenly messengers. And they were all singing, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And then suddenly they disappeared. I was still in a in, in a state of of shock, but but the rest weren't waiting around. They said, "Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about." So the next second off we were set. We were setting off for Bethlehem. Of course, when we arrived, everyone was in bed. So we started knocking on doors and and asking people, "Where where is this newborn baby?" And, and the place was just packed of people, full of foreigners. Eventually, we found a local. And he was able to give us directions to where he thought the newborn baby was. And so, Josiah led us to this poor peasant's house. I said, Josiah, it's not that house. The, the, the Messiah, the newborn king, is not going to be born in some poor peasant's house. No, no. You've got, uh, Josiah, are you using your sat-nav again? Your sat-nav always takes us to the wrong place. Josiah checked his sat-nav and he was like, this is the place. The the GPS coordinates say this is the place. This is the house. So in we went. And there he was. The baby uh, lying in a a manger in in an animal's feeding trough. Just as the heavenly messenger had said. I, I couldn't believe it, but but there he was, lying in this animal's feeding trough, and, and not in the not upstairs in the normal living area, not in the guest room, but no, downstairs, where the animals normally stay. You see, in most peasant's house, the average peasant house, uh, we, we live upstairs. Everyone lives upstairs. The living room's upstairs. The the guest room's upstairs, and the animals live downstairs that the animals stay in the ground floor at night sure some people might have a cave outside to look after uh, for for the animals to stay in but for most of us uh, we let our animals live downstairs on the ground floor in our house at night but but why would the messiah be born in a place that's normally reserved for animals Okay, I mean, sure, that the house was packed because of the census. There certainly was no room upstairs. But still, it, it just didn't seem right. And then I heard this rumor that Mary and Joseph, the parents, they're not even married yet. What a scandal. I mean, I can just imagine the, the headline in the Bethlehem Chronicle the next morning newborn king's mother is a tart i mean what a scandal and apparently they're not even from bethlehem apparently they're from up north in nazareth and i mean can anything good come out of nazareth the only reason that they're in bethlehem is because of the census the only reason they and all their relatives and all these other foreigners have made the 90-mile journey all the way to Bethlehem is because of Caesar Augustus' census. That's the only reason they're in Bethlehem. At this point, old Josiah nudged me, and with a smile he said, Isn't that ironic? I was like, well, what's ironic? And he said, the way God has used Augustus's census to get the Messiah to be born in Bethlehem in fulfillment of Micah's pro- uh, prophecy. I was like, what? Do you think God used Augustus like a, like a puppet? Old Josiah was like, no, no, no. Augustus meant this for evil. But God has used it to bring about something good. I can remember wondering, could God have done that? Could, 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 could this be true? Well, we did find the the baby in a feeding trough, just just like the just like the messenger of God said we would. It was lying there in in the feeding trough, so. It must be true. But but what a contrast to to what I expected. And and what a contrast to Caesar Augustus, the the self-proclaimed savior of the world. Caesar Augustus rules from Rome in his palace, in the center of the empire. While this baby is placed in an animal's feeding truck in a poor peasant's house, in an insignificant town of Bethlehem. And Caesar Augustus is surrounded by dignitaries, by the rich, the powerful, the celebrities and so on, while this baby is surrounded by the poor and the lowly and a bunch of smelly thugs. What does this mean? Does this mean that God comes near to the broken and stays away from the proud? Does this mean that God comes for for all people, that, that that he cares for all people, that he loves all people, even those who are normally excluded and misunderstood by society, like us, that That would be good news. That that would mean God cares for and loves for everyone. No matter how bad we've been. No matter about all the bad stuff we've done. I, I don't deserve this. I haven't done anything to deserve this. Yet God loves me. Simply because... He loves me. Wow. That is good news. And I wonder. I mean, if this baby is excluded from the the normal living area at his birth, does that mean he will be rejected in life? Does that mean he's come to be rejected? And and if he's surrounded by rebels and thieves at his birth, does that mean he will be surrounded by rebels and thieves at his death? I wonder. What kind of king would that be? What kind of savior of the world would that be? What kind of peace would he bring? I don't think this baby is going to bring peace through powerful military might like Prax Romana. No. I think he will bring peace through weakness. Through suffering. Through love. I think he he will try to overcome evil, not, not with evil, but through love. But can love, can this love, overcome the evil in the human heart and bring peace? I wonder. As I stood there in Bethlehem, which means the the house of bread, gazing at this this baby in a in, in a feeding trough, an animal's feeding trough, I, I couldn't. Help but think that this baby was being offered to us as the bread of life. That that somehow through this baby, all our spiritual needs and all our spiritual hunger would be satisfied. I must tell you, as I, I stood there in the quietness of the night, I had the feeling that this was, in some way transcendent. This was a sacred moment. And as I, I gazed at this baby, I felt at peace. Oh, oh! it was still utter darkness outside. The, the Romans were still ruling. No, nothing had changed. But, but as I gazed at this baby, for the, for the first time in my whole life, I experienced a profound sense of peace, inner peace. I felt this feeling of, of being ex- forgiven, of being accepted, of being loved by God. I had this uh, overwhelming feeling that even though everything is still darkness and and nothing has changed I felt that everything would be okay Have you experienced this peace Do you know this peace Do you want to experience this peace will then gaze at the Messiah and receive his peace. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we confess that the world often looks so dark. Things seem to be in turmoil, Yet in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the turmoil, we can have peace, real peace, profound peace, because of Jesus. We thank you that your ways are not the ways of the world. You come for all people. You accept all people. You don't come in power, but in weakness. You don't come to rule through might, but through love. And you come to bring peace, real peace. And Father, we pray that at this Christmas time, we would receive your peace afresh. We would know your peace. That we would know everything's going to be okay. Amen. For more information, please visit our website at abacovenybaptist.